Another team that sold at the deadline, the Chicago White Sox. Let's rank their prospects. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. Enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB for a free white tech hat with any order. You will not want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. So I want this to be your show. If you have ideas for the show, if you have questions, tons of ways to get them to us. Honestly, the best way is probably our subtext. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. They have priority in mailbags and things like that. They're also the only ones that have access to our written prospect rankings. This is new. Started with the Mets yesterday, going through all 30 teams. Going to do lists of top outfielders, top players by position, top 100 uh, farm organizational rankings, all that stuff. Only way to get it's the subtext. Links in the episode description. So the Chicago White Sox, another team that sold at the deadline, and similar to what we did for the Mets yesterday, we're not going to talk about every single player because some of them we've already talked about. The Lucas Giolito deal uh, happened before the, the week before the trade deadline. And so the July 27th episode has information about Kai Bush, about Edgar Cuero, who are on our rankings, but are not going to be in this show. Uh, again, July 27th, if you're on audio, if you're on YouTube, it's going to come up in the corner right there. You can click on it, go do, you know, go listen to those guys and then come back here. Bonus episode that we did there because on this show, we give the people what they want. But when I'm doing prospect rankings in this organization, Honestly, the thing that I'm looking at, as far as this team, number one prospect, I'm thinking about Colson Montgomery, okay? So, Colson Montgomery, 2021 first rounder out of high school, and it, it's been a little bit weird this year because he was dealing with injury, so he has missed time this year, and he's been working his way back. He had an oblique issue, and he had some back issues, and so he's only played in 33 games. He ended last year in A. He is now back to double A this year, but in those 33 games between rookie ball, high A, and double A, 324, 516, 550 slash line. Kind of absurd. Five home runs, 14 extra base hits, 37 walks to 27 strikeouts, and two of four on stolen bases. Colson Montgomery has not been challenged yet this year. The whole goal has been try to get him healthy. And at the end of the year last year, he got about 14 games in Birmingham, part of the Project Birmingham, and he didn't do that great. The conventional stats, the baseball card stats, were not good at all. I would expect Colson Montgomery to probably stay in AA for a good while this year unless they start thinking about the future and about trying to push him to the bigs. We'll cover that in the third segment. But the thing to know about Colson Montgomery is earlier in his career, we thought that he was going to have to move to third base, right? That was the assumption was, okay, we've got Tim Anderson here. He's really good. Colson Montgomery looks like he's going to have some issues as far as speed and as far as defense. 
will have to kick him out to third base. My how things can change relatively quickly. Tim Anderson is, I don't know, gone to sleep at the plate and other places. Colson Montgomery has shown that defensively, he's pretty good. And he's been able to play well enough to stay at shortstop. Is he the rangiest shortstop? No, his speed is still probably just average or so. But the arm strength above average. And what I've really been impressed with when I saw him in, in Birmingham last year during Project Birmingham, and then when I've seen him on tape this year, is the off-platform throw. If you're an NFL fan, this is the thing you hear about a lot with a guy like a Patrick Mahomes, where he doesn't have to have his feet set to make the throw accurately and you know online and on time. And Colson Montgomery, and maybe that's because he was a three-sport athlete in high school, but Colson Montgomery has a little bit of that in him as well, where once he gets the ball in his hand, He's good. He doesn't necessarily have to have a perfect setup on his with his feet to make the play. Now, obviously, that helps, but he's not required to have that to make it work. So I like Colson Montgomery's ability to stay at shortstop. But a lot of people listen to this show for the offense, the fantasy perspective. Uh, what I like about Colson Montgomery, offensively, very good pitch recognition, very good plate discipline, and as a left-handed hitter. He really wears out that left center field gap, but he can still pull stuff for power. So the power output is probably not going to be plus, but he's a guy where he's going to hit enough home runs that he he will help you at shortstop. He's going to be a high on base percentage guy. I, I think it was 2021. No, sorry, 2022. He had a stretch where he reached base in every single game for 50 straight games. Like, he's going to be an above-average offensive performer. Uh, won't have the highest power in the world, but something, I mentioned two of four on stolen bases, not a big stolen base guy, but he's got plenty of speed, he's got long strides, he can go first to third on a base hit, Things like, he could score from second on a single, stuff like that. Really impressed with Colson Montgomery, and I do think he's going to have the ability to step in at shortstop versus having to kick out to third base like we initially thought he would when he was drafted. Another guy, the number two prospect in this system for me, is left-hand pitcher Noah Schultz. They're the only guys that I have with a future value of higher than 50. Noah Schultz is a guy, first rounder last year out of high school, 6'9". We have not seen a pitcher this big in quite a long time. Obviously, the easy comparison is Randy Johnson, but such just a different generation, hard to do all that kind of stuff. But Noah Schultz, so his the start of his year was delayed. He had, I think it was like a forearm strain, a flexor strain. And so he's got nine starts so far in A-ball. And granted, he's young, so A-ball was the appropriate level for him. But I don't know if he's going to be there for long, right? Because in those nine starts... He's one and one with a 1.52 ERA. It's 23 and two thirds innings. So he's still not going very deep into the games, but this is a workload thing. This is a health thing. This isn't necessarily a get him adapted to throwing six innings every five days kind of thing yet. In those 23 and two thirds innings for Noah Schultz, 33 strikeouts, so 12 and a half per nine to four 
walks, 1.5 per nine, three home runs allowed. He's one of those few guys that may have more home runs than walks given up when the year is over if things continue. And it's rare to have that lack of walks in a six foot nine player because those guys that have those incredibly long limbs, and we've talked about this before, it's the, it's the, the proception. It's the knowing where your limbs are instinctively and understanding how all that stuff works. Like it's not, you struggle with that when you're incredibly tall. You also see that when kids hit growth spurts because they instinctively don't automatically understand where everything is. But he has that. And the fastball that he throws is very good. I would call it a 70 grade. I've seen a lot of 60 and 65s. It's a two-seam fastball, sits 95 to 96. He can touch 98 with it. Again, as a lefty at age 20, it's phenomenal velocity for a lefty. Uh, It has both run and sink. So it's moving down and it's also going back to the arm side. So it's moving away from a right-handed hitter. And the thing is, you would expect because of the fact he's 6'9", that everything's coming in from this ridiculously extreme vertical approach angle. And it is high, right? He's on top of a mound and he's 6'9", but he has a lower arm slot. And so because of that, he, he releases the ball a little bit closer to the plate than you typically would be able to if you had a three-quarter slot or a high three-quarter slot or an overhead slot. And so it plays up a little bit off the velocity and it gives it some deception because it's almost like he's reaching to the plate and then just setting the ball on the plate. It feels like he's a lot closer to you than 60 feet and six inches, just from folks that we've talked to who have seen him. And so he combines that with a sweeper. I've got it as a plus pitch, 81 to 84 or so. He's comfortable throwing it to both lefties and righties. We know we've talked on the show, sweepers have the biggest platoon split of any pitch. And so you always have questions there, but he also has a changeup that's in the mid to upper 80s, 86, 87, last time I watched it. And it has some, some, some fade to keep a right-hand hitter honest. So he's got some different profiles of stuff there, different velocity bands. And a guy that, obviously, very impressive body control just given his size, really impressive that he can throw strikes as consistently as he can. I think a lot of this is going to be a slow burn for Noah Schultz. Uh, He's a, a, a very unique player. His pitching motion is really interesting. It's it's almost he's almost in the stretch and he has this sidestep and whatever, but it works for him. And he's going to continue to be a really unusual player that has to do his own thing to make it work. So don't rush it, but know that he's got fantastic stuff and could be one of the top five pitching prospects in baseball before he debuts. The stuff is that good. The guy that's not in these rankings, I have not ranked him yet because I don't quite know where to put him, is outfielder George Wolko. 2023 seventh rounder this year, 6'7", 240. He's 17 years old, and he reclassified to be part of this draft class. Just incredibly toolsy monster. He's got 70-grade raw power, but on the showcase circuit, he had tons of strikeouts. He's, his speed's only really average, but he's got incredibly long strides, so he covers lots of ground. The arm is plus in the right field or something. I just don't know where to put him. I haven't seen enough. I think he's played like three games, the complex level. 
He is not on these rankings. I don't know where to put him yet. I got to see more of him first. But in the meantime, Colson Montgomery's one, Noah Schultz is two, and Edgar Cuero is three. In just a minute, we're going to talk about some of the arms in the Chicago White Sox system. Uh, A couple guys that we've talked about before, but I want to go over them in a little more detail. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I need you to understand, if you see folks walking around and they're wearing the Lululemon shorts, the pants, whatever they might be, and this is, I'm really talking about when you see the guys wearing those. We all see the girls wearing those. When you see the guys wearing those, they feel like they look like they feel comfortable, right? They probably are comfortable. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing, Okay. The exact same thing as those Lululemon shorts, but they fit better. I think they look better. The names are definitely funnier. And so, okay, so when I say they feel better, Bird Dogs invented this cloud knit fabric that it looks like khaki, but it stretches. It's a way slimmer fit. You don't have to sacrifice the ability to move. It's got anti-stink like sweat wicking materials or qualities to it. It keeps you cool. It keeps you dry. I am wearing Bird Dogs right now. Not a surprise if you listen to this show. I know. But they are the most comfortable. I'm wearing a pair of joggers right now. Whether it's the joggers, whether it's the shorts, they are the most comfortable things I own. Uh, I have been to tons of outdoor events this summer, baseball games, concerts, things like that. And I've worn Bird Dogs just about every single time. And I've come out of it feeling great every single time. So listen, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB and they'll give you a free white tech hat with your order. Wearing one now, it, I, I literally forget that I am wearing this. It is light and cool. I still, my head can still breathe. It's great. Birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with your order. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Okay, so looking at some of these pitchers for the Chicago White Sox, I've got a big grouping of these pitchers in here in like the, the teens, right? Uh, Tyler Schweitzer, left-hand pitcher. I have number 16 in the system. Christian Mina, the right-handed pitcher, at 15. Jonathan Jonathan Cannon out of Georgia and Peyton Paulette out of Arkansas at 13 and 12. Sean Burke at 11. We talked about Kai Bush last week. He's at number nine. But the two guys I want to talk about today came over in the Lance Lynn deal. So Nick Nostrini and Jake Eater. Nick Nostrini was a 2021 fourth rounder out of UCLA. Again, in the Lance Lynn deal here. 17 games in double A this year, not counting what he did when he got into the Chicago system because he had to move practically cross country. It's what just things can happen, okay? It was a rough start. 17 games in double A Tulsa for Nick Nostrini, five and three with a 403 ERA in 73 and two thirds innings, 85 strikeouts, so 10.4 per nine to 37 walks, 4.5 per nine, eight home runs allowed. The thing about Nick Nostrini, power profile, the stuff, just the raw stuff, is very good. The fastball somewhere between a 65 and a 70 grade, and it already sucks to be saying a half grade at 65. That's already annoying enough, but to say it's somewhere between 65 and 70, the thought process is just suck it up and pick one. 
but sits 95, he can touch 98 with it. The slider, it's a plus pitch, it's in the mid 80s. It's one of those, more of a traditional slider, and it's got that late drop to it, right? It's not a big horizontal mover. It's a pitch that's just going to drop under your bat right before it gets to the plate. He has a changeup to go along with it. Late last year, he added a curveball, very much like a power curveball, kind of one of those big hammers to it where it just, the very end of the flight, it just drops to the ground. And it's something where if a guy's sitting on that slider, right, it's okay, as long as I can catch up and foul off the fastball, I can sit on this slider. If he throws you the curveball instead of the slider, timing-wise, you're probably going to be a little bit ahead of the curveball because the curveball is in the low 80s instead of the mid 80s like the slider. But then also, instead of just aiming two balls down from where you were going to aim, this curveball is going to hit the ground and you're going to look like an idiot and it's going to be on Pitching Ninja and we're all going to laugh. That's what Nick Nestrini does. Now, the issues, he, I mean, you heard four and a half walks per nine innings, 37 in his 73 innings. The issue is he's a very intelligent baseball player, and he's, sometimes that's almost a detriment, right? He gets too into overthinking. This is from what I've been told, I've never actually met Nick Nestrini, just clarifying here. But from what I've been told, he gets too into thinking about everything. You, it, it's kind of like a golf shot right? You can't sit there and think about everything you have to do right in the shot because you're never going to execute the shot. You're going to get something wrong. You're thinking about too much. What he needs to do is establish a good tempo and just be an athlete out there. And when he's able to do that, when he's able to get into a tempo and be pitching on a, have that timing and kind of be in that flow, the control issues go away because it's just his natural motion is one with good control. So I like Nick Nestrini. I've got him as the highest rated non-Noah Schultz pitcher in this system. We'll see what he's able to do, but very excited that they got him. I do think there is some reliever risk there, probably more than you would love simply because of the walks, but the stuff is very good. It's just a matter of getting him to believe in it more and be a little more consistent with it. Another trade acquisition, Jake Eater, left-handed pitcher, came from the Marlins in the Jake Berger deal. 2024th rounder out of Vandy. A little bit of a different profile here because he had Tommy John in 2021. He looked really good when he first got into the system for Miami, had Tommy John, and has been working his way back. So he has 10 games between A-ball and double A. Two and three, four, three, five ERA in 41 of the third innings, 50 strikeouts, so 10.9 per nine, right there with Nick Nestrini, to 25 walks, 5.4 per nine, just right there above Nick Nestrini, and four home runs. I feel really good about Eater because before the injury, he had plus control. And I feel like it's going to be able to come back. And again, I'm ignoring his first start that he made uh, in, you know, in double A with the White Sox because, again, it was a big transition. Not as big for Eater. He was, he still, he was already in the Southern League, but still. Uh, but the actual stuff, right? So the fastball plus fastball, uh, it's typical lefty velocity. So it's 92 to 94. He can touch 96 with it. The slider's a plus pitch really is a chase pitch for him, right? He throws it in the low 80s. It's got two-plane break. It is tons of fun to just watch that thing dive away, down and away from a lefty. I've watched too many 
Braves affiliates not know what the heck to do with that Jake Eater uh, slider. But he can adjust the break. He can make it break more. He can make it break less. He can change the, the axis on it sometimes, have it break a little more horizontally, a little more vertically. So it serves the function of multiple pitches. But I really like it. And then he throws a change up in the low 80s, gives you something that's going to run back in on a lefty, kind of gives you a handedness thing there. Again, the control is coming, starting to come back. Just anecdotally, when you watch him, it feels like he's getting a little more comfortable with that. Definitely what you need him to be able to do if you want Jake Eater to work out as a starting pitcher for you. Again, I've got Nick Nostrini at number six, Jake Eater at number seven. And then we talked about him in the show that we mentioned for last week. Kai Bush is at number nine. And then all those other guys we mentioned are right there in the early teens. Sean Burke, Peyton Paulette, Jonathan Cannon, Christian Mina, all those guys are in the early teens. In just a minute, we're going to talk about the, just like we did for the Mets, we're going to talk about the contention window going forward for the Chicago White Sox. What does it look like? How does this farm fit into there? We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper. If you think that Eloy Jimenez can hit a home run tonight, well, if you do Sleeper, you can get up to a 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like, select more or less on whatever stat category, home runs, strikeouts, hits, or more, get your picks right, and you could win big. I think if you picked... Jose Ramirez to get not only a home run, but also a knockout. You probably won extra the other day. But listen, the way it works, it's dynamic payouts. Those are now live. Every player projection has a multiplier attached to it. Instead of just a preset multiplier based on did you pick three guys or four guys or five guys or whatever, dynamic payouts with each player having a multiplier. So, you can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. You can win up to 100 times your money. Use promo code Locked On. Sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, first-time depositors can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Locked On on Sleeper today. Okay, so when you're looking at the Chicago White Sox, and again, if you want, these rankings are available on our subtext, links in the episode description, links in the show notes, but when, when you're examining this team, obviously every team's going to need pitching in a couple years, whenever they're trying to be contenders again, and so we're not necessarily, I'm not going to sit there and figure out, okay, who's going to be a number one, who's going to be a number two, although Noah Schultz looks like he could potentially be a number one, we'll see what happens, plus there's so many guys right now, like a Dylan Cease, who have we don't know what the contract's going to look like in two or three years for Dylan Cease. But on the offensive side, it's pretty obvious the four positions you have to upgrade on this team is shortstop, which is wild to think two or three years ago we're talking about having to upgrade on Tim Anderson, but that's where we are. Juan Mokata at third base, going to have to do something there. Elvis Andros at second base, and then Yasmani Grandal at catcher. And so when you look at what this team did, when you look at how the White Sox negotiated the trade deadline, they go out and they get two separate catchers. They get Corey Lee from the Astros, 
who I slotted in at number 10 in the system. I think I'm the low one on him, but slotted him in at number 10 in the system. They went out and got Edgar Cuero from the Angels. I've got him at number three in the system. You feel pretty good, especially because Corey Lee has actually gotten a little bit of MLB time. You feel pretty good that you can upgrade catcher with one of those guys. So then you look at, okay, we said shortstop, right? Tim Anderson is probably going to be gone. Colson Montgomery, project. I don't think it'll be, it, it, correction, it won't be to open next year unless you're rushing Colson Montgomery. Losing almost this entire year has pushed back that timeline a bit, but Colson Montgomery absolutely feels if you're looking at 2025, he can be your opening day shortstop. This may be a scenario where he gets called up late in the year next year. Get a taste, that late season call up I love to talk about before you make your rookie of the year run in 2025. Uh, third base and second base, you've got a couple different options. Lennon Sosa, I believe, is still a prospect. I've got him on here at number 14. Not, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a starting caliber second baseman on a contending team. I think his ceiling is still probably second division regular for Lennon Sosa, but you have a couple other options, right? Brian Ramos is in double A, playing third base. Now, Brian Ramos probably needs to hit for a little bit more power than he's shown to fit the typical profile of what a third baseman would be. But you have that option. You could also, depending on how quickly Jacob Gonzalez, who he drafted this year, how quickly he moves through the system, you could see a scenario where Colson Montgomery moves out to third base so that Jacob Gonzalez can play short. If not, you have the option to take Jacob Gonzalez and move him to second base. And it fills a lot of your needs behind these guys in the complex level. So even farther behind Montgomery and, and Gonzalez and all these guys, you have a Ryan Burroughs. Ryan Burroughs could theoretically play. He's played second. He's played third. He's played shortstop. You got a lot of different options there in the, in the middle infield for it. But for the most part, it feels like you have under two-year options at all of those positions that you're hurting, right? You're hurting at shortstop. You're hurting at catcher. You're hurting at third base. You're definitely hurting at second base. You've cycled guys through there, and Elvis Andrews is your second baseman right now. You have the prospects to slot in there, and then when you look at the outfield, you have an Andrew Benatendi. You just called back up Oscar Colos, so you've got the corners taken care of. You have center field taken care of for now. That may be a thing you have to see. Do you need another center fielder? or not in a couple of years. And you do have outfielders in this system. You've got a Jacob Burke in high A. You've got Terrell Tatum in double A. You've got Yelqui Cespedes in double A. I don't think any of those guys are going to be the answer in center field. So you may have to do, re-sign there, but you've got options. And I think that's the big thing. The trades that you made this year, going out and getting two catchers, going out and getting some high upside arms, really did a good job of replenishing while fitting into the competitive timeline. You didn't see them doing like the Mets did, where they went and got some guys that are 17 years old. For the most part, the guys that they were getting are guys that were in the mid double A. They had just gotten into the high minors and should easily be able to slot into this big league team over the next two seasons. So believe it or not, good job by the White Sox. We've seen some of the reports that came out after they traded Middleton about the culture and atmosphere. That's a whole different show. Don't know if you're going to be successful with that 
But in the meantime, from a purely prospect standpoint, you're reloading okay. Fantastic week this week. We're doing one more of these shows. We have the Reds coming tomorrow. And then on Friday, we're doing a show to update where a lot of the 2023 draftees who are playing, where they've been assigned, and who has stood out so far to us. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a mind.